Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to Never Heard of It, a Night Shift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com. Yo. 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 Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, uh, I know you haven't seen it yet, so I'm not going to spoil it. Fuck no. But Shang-Chi was fucking great. Oh my God, I can't wait. (sighs) It was just so fucking good uh i uh, i okay so here's the thing though again no spoilers What's so this thing? is this is over our uh overarch tell me the thing i i am a big fan of of chinese martial arts movies yes uh you know this yes, of me we you, you know podcast people know this of me we we've talked about a few um and this felt like it felt like one of those movies like it felt like one of the good like epic films that you know i've seen before like the okay. you know i mean the it looked like a film that tony lung would have done in china like that's what it felt like that's awesome it was beautiful it was uh you know it was well choreographed there was you know good humor scenes to it like it was it and it it kind of didn't feel like a marvel movie there was like a couple of parts okay. you know in the movie you know obviously like one of them's very big in the trailer where we see uh um, a, two characters from the Marvel world um, that aren't Shang-Chi. Okay. And, uh, you know, you, you see that sort of, uh, um, you know, you see them uh, in the world and you're like, oh, yeah, like, this is Marvel still. Like, this isn't just a beautiful fucking action movie. Yeah. Like, this is also part of a way larger universe. And then you get, you know, towards the end of the movie and end credit scenes and you're like, oh, right. And- Wow, like this journey is actually part of a much, much larger journey. And that's what I thought was really cool. And I love that they're they're finally taking these chances and extending that to the the cinematic uh, universe uh, because the the comics universe is for uh, for really any uh, good imprint, but you know specifically the the big two, um, yeah, are full of these like rich, rich stories that span the the entire globe or like way out into the you know the the cosmos. Uh, full of you know diverse and interesting characters, and not just standard like good old American superhero stories. Uh, right. There's some really rich tapestries uh, to draw from, and I'm so excited to, that they're doing that and doing it well. <laughs> like hello, doing it, doing it, doing it, and it, and doing doing it well <laughs> uh, in the MCU. I mean, it's not really that I'm I'm surprised uh, at this point. 
but it's it, it's kind of like what what took you so long? Yeah, you know, uh, so so I've seen this recently um, because uh, a statement made by the uh, director of the new Flash movie was like, this isn't a superhero movie. Yeah. And, you know, and this keeps happening with, with on the Warner Brothers side and the DC side, you know, uh, the same thing with the director of The Joker was like, well, this isn't a supervillain origin story. This is not a superhero film. And, and Zack Snyder said uh, about Batman and Super that it transcends superhero films. And it's like, and I feel like that's wrong. Like, that's the wrong way to look at it. Yeah. It's because you're, you're directly, you're, you're almost you're almost demeaning the source material 100%. instead of being like, hey, this is a superhero movie that's written really well. And I feel like that's what Marvel has succeeded in is that, mm -hmm. you know, Iron Man is a great story. Like, it's just a great redemption arc and it's a good, you know, that first Iron Man movie, it hit everybody because it was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like, Mar like car comic book movies don't have to be campy, you know? Like, we saw Spider-Man, yeah. and it got super campy. Yeah. You know, we've seen other, you know, superhero movies, and everyone's like, well, it's a comic book, so it's kids. And Marvel was like, mm, But not. No. Not really, though. But not really. We're, we're not going to do that this time around. And when they rebooted it, yeah. I mean, that was it, man. They just did it. They learned, you know, they they did it right. They knew who their audience was. I'm sure you could take each one of the, the MCU movies in succession and, like, pick apart the specific... Uh, like literary themes and like archetypes that are apparent throughout them. Like you mentioned, you know, Iron Man is a fantastic redemption story, uh, and there's there's a lot of those types of stories. There's there's some uh, some sprinkles of the hero's journey. There's all sorts of yeah. stuff throughout the MCU that is very classic literary stories, and that's what comic books are. They just happen to be a, a visual medium that was like so dismissed and not really taken uh, as seriously as it should have been. Uh, arguably until very recently. And so it's, it's amazing that that's that the, the world of cinema that has historically been a little bit like, Oh, well, we're, we're too good for those stories uh, is starting to understand that you can tell those stories exactly the way that you would tell any other story. And, you know, you honestly are not suspending disbelief for a world of realistic superheroes any more than you are for, uh, you know, dozens of different like sci-fi and horror and other stories that are out there. Or fucking James Bond, James who Bond. rides a motorcycle up a bridge yep. onto a thing, jumps off it, and then just walks away like yep. cheerio. Yep. And it's like, motherfucker, you would have every broken bone. In the first <laughs> off, you are in your mid to late fifties. <laughs> you weigh as much as I fucking do. <laughs> like you would be broken. Yes, exactly. So it it is very cool to to see them doing those stories justice to begin with uh, and then to be expanding the um the the cultural reach of these stories like you know we saw with with Black Panther and uh now with Shang-Chi and I'm just really excited to see how many and, more And the Eternals the has an Asian yeah. director as well, Chloe uh, Zhao. Yeah. To see how many more new perspectives and new stories that uh we can get introduced into this universe uh just keep them coming. I think we said it before yeah. but keep them coming. Non-stop, man. Mm -hmm. We love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, um, uh, it, you know, it's kind of funny is that uh, in in the movie Shang-Chi, you know, everybody says his name very frequently. So it was really hard for him to stay anonymous. Oh! Hey! And with that being said, hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fight. And I am Eric Not Brown. <laughs> so we are talking about uh the movie anon um which it, it's it's an awkward title 
but I like it. it it's a great title. It sounds it is the right title. Anon. Anon, I say. Anon. Or, you know, it's just uh, me at the, the Indian buffet. What would you like? Anon. Anon. <laughs> Bread. Get some of that rice, too. Oh, my God. Um, it yeah. sounds so good right now. <laughs> uh, non would be, oh, I love, fucking love Non. Um, so... Uh, so this is a Netflix original film, mm -hmm. and this film actually has a tie to a film we did not that long ago, because this film was written, directed, and produced by Andrew Nichol, who wrote and directed, uh, or who wrote, um, Lord of War. You don't say. Uh, by Nicolas Cage. I do say. <laughs> yeah, and actually, he's written a lot of really good movies, um, so he, uh, uh, he has done here let me pull them up because it, it's a few so we did gattaca which i fucking love okay. gattaca is a great movie which it, it, there's a lot of parallels to this one uh he wrote the truman show yeah uh in time the one with uh justin timberlake i actually didn't mind that movie okay uh, i know a lot of people were weird about it because justin timberlake or whatever <laughs> but it actually was kind of a cool sci-fi idea uh, also very kind of fitting in this weird like uh, technological dystopia yeah. that he's he's kind of building here. Yeah. Um, the host, uh, which not the, uh, not the Korean one, but the other one. The, it's more of like a internal the, body bounce, body snatcher type. Stephanie thing. Meyer. It's the yes, the it's the Stephanie Meyer Twilight yep. writer. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then uh, a few other things, uh, you know, throughout, uh, Lord uh, but of Lord of War, mm. The Terminal, uh, Simone, um, you know, what else? So, yeah, so he's he's got a pretty good record, but this one he he was all in on, di wrote, directed, and produced. Um, and this stars Clive Owen. Now, Clive Owen's one of those guys that whenever someone is like, oh, my God, Clive Owen's so hot. I'm like, so you like British guys that look like they've never showered. They're constantly drunk. Uh, and just are stumbling over their words. I feel like someone's like, yes, that's exactly my type. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't him, but I feel like he also falls into the the realm of people that I like every now and then I hear their name. I'm like, wait, he's still doing stuff. Yeah. No, Clive Owen, a hundred percent. He's definitely one of those dudes that it's like Ethan Hawke. I had Ethan that thing Hawk with Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke is the Hawk. one that it's I was like, thinking of. Yes. I just, I just forget that Clive Owen is a person and it's nothing against Clive Owen. Like he's, he's fine. He's, he's been in thing. I mean, close, he's great and closer. He's good in children of men, you know, like, uh, he's, he's in good movies. He does good performances, but I just sort of forget that he exists. Who's the gladiator dude? That is Russell Crowe. That's who I think Clive Owen is. Whenever someone says Clive Owen's <laughs> name, I think Russell Crowe. <laughs> you think Russell Crowe. All right. All right. Uh, and yes, I, get, I am entertained. <laughs> I did, <laughs> are you entertained? Um, yeah. And then, uh, so the other person in this movie, aside from Clive, uh, Clive Owen, is Amanda Seyfried, who I fucking love. Yeah. Um, she's been in uh, great things, you know. I'm sure you're gonna remember she was in Mean Girls. She's uh, she was the lead in Mamma Mia. Uh, she was in Les Mis, um, and uh, I'm trying to get the movie. Um, she was uh, oh, what the shit's her name? Um, Lovelace. She was in uh, Lovelace. Yes, um, which was the story of Linda Lovelace, which is a great, great movie. Yep, 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 yep. Um, highly recommend. Huh. She uh, was also in uh, In Time. Yeah, she she's the other one in time. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That's she's the yeah the one that needs the time. I think if I remember correctly, <laughs> uh, with the thing on the arm. Yeah. So, but this is such a technological 
sort of dystopian movie. Um, so again, this is a Netflix original film. So this, yeah. uh, you can watch this movie uh, on Netflix. It came out in 2018. I actually remember watching this movie in 2018 and being like, I, I fucking love this. So here's the thing. Okay. I love, and this is this is my un, maybe unpopular opinion. I love the idea of the technology in this film. Yes. But I think that it goes four steps too far. Like there, there's like a few things that I would remove from it, but the I the general idea of it, I'm I, I love it. And uh, arguably that is the the point uh, is that yeah. they they take it too far. I think that the the what we see in this movie is kind of the logical result of what we would get uh, if this technology were specifically uh, developed in our real world where again there's there are pieces of it that I absolutely loved and others that are uh pretty terrifying. Yeah, I mean I think uh I think you know for one uh the biggest thing about the, okay so we'll we'll start with the plot of the movie. So the general plot of the movie mm-hmm. is in a world without anonymity or crime questionable uh a detective meets a woman who threatens their security now i disagree with this description um i i feel like it paints it in a wrong i think it paints the story in the in the wrong direction Mm -hmm. from what the story is actually about um but i feel like if you were to describe it what it's actually about it would spoil the twist of the ending i guess or the the re- the resolution of the story. I forget the exact wording, but a, a synopsis I saw elsewhere because I'm assuming you're reading that from IMDb because I recognize mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. as well uh, when I was looking up for updating the site uh, was something more along the lines of in a world where uh, anonymity and privacy have been eliminated. Uh, you know, how do you catch a, a killer that's erased, who's erased herself from the visual record or something like that? Yeah, which is more accurate and also more interesting. Yeah, no, I'll agree. I'll agree. Um, so the movie centers around Clive Owen, who plays a, a detective named Sal. He's Detective Sal, which I feel like is just such a typical like noir cop name. Yep. Now I will say though, this is very noir written movie. Uh-huh. Um, like it definitely, you know, there's a lot of those like four to five word quips back and forth. Uh, like there's a really great when Clive Owen meets um, Anon, uh, Amanda Seyfried for the very first time, they have this back and forth conversation that's like, you know, I want to do the thing. Well, wouldn't you like to do the thing? Yeah, the thing is the thing I like to do. Oh, <sighs> isn't that great? You know, it's just like these, it's just so feels very Humphrey Bogart, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, every and everybody's smoking at all times. Yep. And that was another thing that made it feel very noir. Everything's very gray and like dark. Like there there are no bright colors in this movie at all. Uh, um, every muted tones, it was, it fit. And except for a, a couple of very like wide city scenes that show like identifiable buildings, uh, more often than not, it's kept kind of like at uh, street level and kind of anonymizes the city that it's in, which so it makes, uh, almost makes the, the city uh, just... More of a backdrop and less of a character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was very interesting. So uh, the movie really, uh, what's what I think is great about this movie is that it doesn't take uh, a lot of time setting up anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just starts right off the bat. So the very first thing is uh, uh, Detective Saul goes uh, to uh, see about a murder. On his way there, uh, as he's walking through the street, we sort of get an introduction to how the technology works. Mm-hmm. So... Here's the cool thing about it. They never describe 
how nope. or what? Like they don't say, is it a, is it a contact lens? Is it something? Cause the other thing that they do point out is that it, it is innate from birth for some reason, because there's an infant who has it mm-hmm. in a scene. He's like, oh, well, if you look from the infant's point of view and it's a, ba- I mean, it's an under year old baby yeah. that they look from that child's point of view. So they're able to access this. So they, they never explain how they got it. They do explain that the world that exists in it, the internet type world is called the ether. And that would be the equivalent of saying the internet. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting. There was no phone, like nobody has a handheld phone. There was no phones in the thing. Nope. No computers, nothing. There was no handheld technology in this entire movie. And I thought that was an amazing attention to detail. Yes, I agree. At least that I noticed. I I mean, maybe if someone's in the background, but I did not notice a single person with a handheld uh, thing. Although I did find it interesting that they still had a need for watches Hmm. or that watches were still a commodity i suppose watches are one of those things that no matter how far tech advances to obsolete them uh there is a certain like uh draw to them from the the sense of like a status symbol or like a fashion accessory uh yeah and that's i mean and that's yeah i say as i wear a 500 hundred dollar apple that's how (laughs) apple watches came to be and that's also how apple got away with the like what was it ten thousand dollar one that they sold maybe three of yeah the hermes or whatever yeah it's a fashion accessory more so than Mm -hmm. it is a a critical tool as it would have been in the past um but yes this technology is kind of uh multi-purpose it's basically granting you direct uh heads up display style like augmented reality uh access to uh, all of the information you could get on the internet, but like just as you're walking around, looking around. Uh, so we saw it used for like, you know, they, they talk about the the uh, removal of anonymity and privacy. Privacy. Uh, every person that uh, a character looks at, it shows a little pop up display of their name, their occupation, and you can like access deeper level information about that person if you choose. You look around and it'll identify the buildings and like the businesses in the buildings. Uh, every you know available blank space of wall is taken up by ads, as you would expect to see. Uh, so it made this um, more just like anonymized, gritty uh, New York, Chicago esque. I think it actually was New York, but you know the the more like standard city streets. Uh, just that you would find anywhere look like Times Square all the time, uh, which was kind of interesting and wild. And as you mentioned, the, the wristwatches, he goes up to a wristwatch display in a window, holds up his hand, and it auto, like, auto displays the watch on his wrist and gives him information about it. So there's a lot of really interesting things where you're interacting with and getting information about the world around you that you know take out the instant and like deep level of uh, personal information about every person you see. It's kind of cool. And as you said, there's no need to take a phone out of your pocket and stare at it because you just have in- in access to that information. Um, but what we also later learned is that um, whatever system is providing you this level of information access is also recording your point of view uh, at all times. Yeah. And that's so, I mean, when I think of like whenever I hear a company that are like, oh, we're making AR glasses, and I'm like, if it isn't this, I don't want it. Yes. Because like this, this is what I, I want a heads up display. 
I mean, I, I want to remove, you know, the whole, uh, you know, diving into somebody's complete personal life, mm-hmm. but I want to be able to look around a street and it show me the name of the street, the name of the building, that kind of stuff. I want to be able to just pull it up and just walk. I wouldn't, I don't want to have to have my name, you know, head in a phone or something like that. Like, I like that idea. Um, I mean, obviously the ads are the price you pay, but yeah. I would like for it to somehow be able to provide me even just name of someone that I've interacted with before so that like some... You know, person that I've only chatted with twice on social media like five years ago sees me in person and starts talking to me and can be like, this is their name. Like, oh, yeah. Right. Terry. (laughs) You know, know, what's really weird I was thinking about is that uh, there's a couple of things that would be completely removed from from like social society. And one of them would be like, you know, like. If I go up to you and I I say your name, you can't be like, oh, I'm sorry. How do I know you? (laughs) You just be like, or like, how do you know my name? Like that entire, like asking for someone's name, handing a business card. Like you you just would not, like you could just walk someone and be like, you know, hey, Caleb, blah, blah, blah. And they would just, they would just innately know like, oh, they know my name because they can see everything about me. So they'd be like, oh, Caleb. So I see, you know, you work in the, you know, uh, IT. Oh, that's great. Explain that, (laughs) you know? And they'd just be like, yeah. And it's not weird at all, but it would be weird because today, you know, if I meet a a stranger in a bar, you know, all those bars I go to, (laughs) uh, I meet a stranger at a bar, like, you know, I have to ask their name. Mm-hmm. What do they do for a living? Mm-hmm. Like, what area do they live in? All of that's gone. Yeah. And that's a weird society. Uh, the, uh, the the other side of this technology that I really liked and that I would like uh, to, to have in reality, as uh, we've talked about before when you know, briefly touching on like Black Mirror and other things like that, is the ability to like instantly recall uh, yeah. those stored memories. So where like you're not necessarily you're not relying on your brain's recall capability, you're relying on this storage where you can pull that up and then instantly share. So there are times when people are like, you know, show me your record for the last 10 minutes. So like, you know, like I know you're telling the truth about you know what happened before you got here, things like that. Or you, they can be like, oh no, here, this is this is that cool thing that I saw the other day. And like, you know, just send you your send them your memory of it or you know, send them a snapshot. From it, if you know you're feeling nostalgic yeah. about a, a person or a thing or whatever, so uh, about a noun. If you're feeling nostalgic, if, you, if you're feeling a way about a noun, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I uh, also I think that's really amazing, and that also changes a lot of things too, because again, that I mean, think of think of relationship things where someone would be like, "No, I told you <laughs> last week that blah blah," and they'd be like, "Bitch, pull up the record," and they'd be like, "I will," whip and send the thing, and then they were like, "Okay, you did. I'm sorry," you know, or like, "Ha, you fucking didn't. You're a liar." Yep. Uh, you know, like that. That I mean, the the other whole part of that is it changes. It 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 curtail. It, it I guess it not uh, changes. It derails. What's the word I'm looking for? De- disrupts. De- disrupts. No. no. Um, tries to stop in advance. Deters. Deters. Mm. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It deters lying yeah. because you could easily like you could. That's an easy out, you know. And yeah. and we see we see examples of this shortly after this. We see that as a detective. Um, you know, also with this thing where a detective, uh, in a world without anonymity or crime, 
then why the fuck is there such a huge crime force and we see five crimes right off the bat? Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely still crime. I think they, um, they, they've reached a point where they can use the, the visual records as a way to uh, like definitively solve the crimes. So like we see one where you know, a, a guy's there with his lawyer and he, he, he shot someone and he's trying to say like, oh, he feared for his life. And we see the person that he shot reach into his coat, but we see from other angles uh, after he's dead that they, he was reaching for a Bible. Uh, and we also see like clearly from both sides of it that there was no actual confrontation. The guy, uh, the, the client uh, who's, who's there in the, the precinct or whatever, uh, like actively pulls his gun on the other guy first. Like, so it basically gives them definitive uh, evidence of what happened. And so they're like, oh, you know, he feared for his life. You, had, you have to accept that. And he's like, oh, but I you know, could go back two hours and see what he was doing before that. And he shows him slamming shots of whiskey. He's like, your client's judgment was impaired. They're like, how about a plea deal? So <laughs> right. uh, they, you know, they haven't stopped all crime, but they've gotten to a point where they can reasonably and definitively solve all like physical crime, and now they're talking about something called like subcrime. Where I don't know what that particularly meant. If that was more like like the you know, shady stuff happening on the internet or something, I don't know. They didn't they didn't go into it, but they're they're looking at you know moving on to like solving the next you know problem in crime. Yeah, and uh, so another really great example of that is uh, of of this for Saul specifically is a woman comes in and basically like, you know, somebody stole my necklace mm -hmm. and she's describing the scenario and he's like, okay, she's like, look, I'll play back the record. I know I said it on the bathroom counter. And so they go, you know, we see the woman take off the necklace. It's a very, you know, diamond set of necklace. She sets it on the bathroom counter. She leaves and she's like, now go look at the maid's point of view. So, so uh, you know, Detective Saul accessed the maid's point of view. Uh, we see her cleaning the mirror. She looks down at the spot where, the, where we saw the woman uh, put the necklace mm -hmm. and the necklace isn't there. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, well, uh, I guess. And then the woman leaves, you know, being like, well, whatever. Um, and, uh, one of the people that's with Detective Saul is like, why didn't you show her what happened, you know, a, a few hours before? And he goes back and, and we see the footage of the maid swiping the necklace mm -hmm. and he's like, or should I also show the footage four hours from now where she sells it to pay rent? Yeah. Um, and that sort of gives us our, our idea of, of Saul's morals that, mm -hmm. that shows us that like, yeah, he's a cop, but like. He's not just going to let fucking rich people stomp all over, you know, the people that they exploit. So so that gives us a really good hint. So yeah. on the way to this murder, Saul is walking down the street, and this is the the example where we see, you know, all the ads and all the people and stuff like that. But he's, he passes by Amanda Seyfried, and it just says, unknown error, mm -hmm. um, and above her name. So there's no description for her. And he, he like, as he's, you know, as they're passing each other, he, you know, he looks, he stops, he turns around to scan her again, unknown error again. And he kind of is like, oh, that's fucking weird. So he just kind of, you know, heads off and he heads to the murder. Now, what we've learned about the murder is he gets to the murder scene and they're like, okay, we're going to play back the footage. So he plays back the footage of the murderer. And what happens is the murderer ends up, uh, or the person being murdered, the victim ends up, uh, their, their thing switches and they now see through the eyes of the killer, mm -hmm. the person that's about to kill them. Um, and, he, and, you know, the guy's like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And the person, you know, it's first person, you know, we should see a gun. They pull it on him. Boom, shoot him dead. He is now dead. Um, and the other thing we've learned is that his record 
has been tampered with. Yeah. So some of the history of his files, his memories have been have been gone through. And they have this, you know, they have an independent contractor who who specializes in this sort of thing kind of come in and he's like, hey man, like this is a weird loop. Cause look, look at, you know, in the top right, he has basically like a stock ticker. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the stock ticker based on the time and date that it was, like that's not what the stocks were at at that time. So like this is this is fabricated. It's a very good fabrication. He, but someone has created this from scratch. He lingers on certain pages in a book too long and you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, we get the idea that that the entire record has been messed with, uh, which is very interesting. And you know, Clive Owen's like, "Oh, this is this is weird." And uh, his uh, his boss, um, who was played by I'm going to mess up this guy's name, Colm Fior, uh, who uh, he he was actually um, in uh, he's King Laufey in the in Thor. So there's oh, a nice. connection. Uh, and he was also Lord Marshall in the Chronicles of Riddick, which I, I love the Riddick movies, and he's he is Lord Marshall in that. Uh, and he was also Harrison in Chicago, um, the movie. Oh, neat. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, actually, funny enough, this matches uh, the the mo for another case, but we just closed down the case because it didn't go anywhere, and we just assumed it was you know kind of a one off thing. He's like, you know, but now it seems like this is happening more than, than we would like to admit. Uh, so he was like, you know, hi, go investigate this. And he's like, okay, cool. And he was like, you know, now that you mention it, uh, as I was walking down the street, I saw this woman, you know, her file was unknown here. Let me send you the file. Mm -hmm. He sends the file, uh, to, to Charles and, uh, you know, accesses it. And the guy's like, oh, weird. Uh, he's like, you know, these, these ciphers, as they call them, are just all over the place. And, you know, they're hacking the system and they're really destroying, you know, the world we've built. Uh, and then shortly later, uh, after they come back, and I think another murder happens at this point, um, uh, you know, uh, Detective Sal is like, oh, Charles, like, can you access that footage again of the street? And Charles goes there and he's like, Oh, weird. No, I can't. Like, it's gone. He's like, yeah, it's gone for me, too. Mm-hmm. So somebody has gone in and, and erased this person, and uh, erased Amanda Seyfried. They even checked the records of a handful of folks that uh, Sal also passed on that day uh, who would have seen the woman. And they all have blank spots in their records as well from just at that moment when uh, she passed by them. So basically anyone who observed her didn't. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. Um, it's not that I have anything to hide. It's just that I have nothing I want to show. Oh, so good. <laughs> Great line. This is such a good line. Uh, yeah. So so at this point, you know, uh, uh, Detective Saul has pretty much come to the conclusion that it, it's likely... It's likely this woman, right? Like he's mm-hmm. like, it, it's obviously, you know, she she's involved somehow, or and if not, she can get us to to figure out how. Now, the thing that they learn is that uh, the people that have been targeted, and we we have another one, uh, a lesbian couple um, gets targeted, uh, and the reason uh, why is they were they basically hired a cipher, and all of these people have this in common. They hired a cipher mm-hmm. to go in and erase specific moments of their life. Um, because, uh, for whatever reason, they're illegal or they didn't want people to know. Uh, so one of the, the reasons specifically, uh, you know, is like, 
the guy, you know, steals a bunch of money. Another one uh, pays someone to make a bunch of forgery of of paintings, mm-hmm. and he he you know sells them for you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. This lesbian couple, they were uh, uh, both are basically public figures, and one of them is the daughter of a very uh, far right Christian. Um, politician mm-hmm. who was about to run for re-election and you know they broke up for uh for a while so that like it was it wouldn't be out in public but they had been dating for a year and they hired a fixer to basically they they got together to you know to to, to see each other hmm. and the killer came in and killed them both um and that was like how how that sort of erased so he was like okay here's what we're gonna do i'm gonna go undercover as a stockbroker you know, we'll do it for like a month and, uh, you know, and then I'll, I'll do something, uh, to, um, to basically, you know, get, uh, that I would need a race and I will go and find the person that matches that girl's description. So they do find out that, uh, through, through a, you know, series of interviews and stuff like that, that the description of the woman that has in common with everybody is the woman that he saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, great. So what we'll do is we'll go on the web, we'll go on the same forums and, and message boards that all these victims went to and try to find someone. And we'll basically keep going until we get her, until we get the person we think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There oh, is we an took in- a drink at the same <laughs> time. That was terrible. <laughs> there is a, an interesting montage uh, where he's he's gone on to the, the ether, basically like the dark web. Uh, and is posting looking for someone to help him make something go away. Uh, and he gets a bunch of responses and, like, goes to meet with them. But, like, you know, goes to walk in a room and sees the, you know, a woman waiting at the, the restaurant is, you know, also has the the error, but it's not her. So he just turns and walks away. Another time, like, someone knocks on his door and he opens it like, oh, you're looking for help? And he's like, uh, I changed my mind. <laughs> Closes the door. <laughs> uh, so that, that was kind of a... a a fun. I'm not sure if it was intentionally comedic, but it, it definitely had the uh, the right effect to me. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, it was really great. I like that scene where you'd like walk into the bar and be like, mm, and then turn around, <laughs> open the door. No, <laughs> uh, pretty great. When uh, when he finally connects to the right one, and he's like, "Can we meet?" She's like, "Yeah." Uh, he's like, "Where?" He's like, "I'll find you." <laughs> Which <laughs> be is in just... public at this time. Like, yeah. Ooh. That is, it is great. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so he meets, so basically what he did, this is also great about, uh, Clive Owen as, as this detective, as, as detective Saul is basically the cops are like, here's what we'll do. You go off and, uh, you know, be a stockbroker guy. We're going to give you a a huge, you know, stack of cash. Basically Mm -hmm. you go off and do all these things and then, you know, go fuck a prostitute. And, uh, then we will. (laughs) We'll pay for that. And then you hire this girl to, to erase it. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. That's what I'll do. You know, like, I just think it's super funny that... Um, that checks <laughs> out. Like, That's the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah, I just, I got to go sleep with a sex worker to, uh, uh, for for work, yep. you know? <laughs> it's just another day at the office. No big deal. Um, right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, so then he eventually calls uh, this woman. They meet up. Uh, and she's like, okay, take me, you know, take me back to your apartment. They go back to his apartment, you know, and she uh, kind of goes through the process. She explains a little bit of what it is, you know, and how it's going and, and or like how it works. And he's like, okay, cool. And uh, so she goes through and she erases everything. And he's, she's like, well, what do you, what do you want to do? And he's like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, just make it that I went to bed early that night. And she brings up really good details. She's like, no, but you called your your girlfriend immediately after. So, you know, if she goes back and looks at that record, she'll see that uh, you, you, you know, she'll see that it's messed up because she'll know that you called, mm -hmm. but it showed that you went to bed. She's like, so I'm just going to go back through and basically loop things you've done in your past over the past couple of weeks and just basically re-edit uh, a night, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really interesting. So she basically re-edits a night where you just kind of, you know, fucks around the apartment and then gives her a call. Which, like, we need to give credit for the fact that she's doing some seriously good video editing on the fly with, like, nothing yeah. but her mind. Yeah, yeah, dude, it takes me like four hours sometimes just because I'll get distracted and pull up TikTok or something halfway through, <laughs> and she's here having a full-on conversation and making like a perfect time-looped edit. And this is where like there again, there are pieces of the technology that I absolutely love, and others that are maybe not so much. But there are some that like just don't make any sense at all. Like the the interface that they use to like navigate through these like thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, is cool, like very cool from a visual standpoint. Uh, so props to the team that d designed and uh, created that because it looks very cool. It also yeah. makes no fucking sense for how you would navigate through files uh, in any system, much less one uh, where it's your your brain. You're not gonna like be searching through this fractal of things and uh, this one has the right number. I found it. Uh, right. I, I don't know. Well, there's no like keyword search. Yeah. There's no like text interface like i was very I, I i would love to know like how does it work yeah it doesn't it doesn't make any sense from a user interface standpoint but i, I will stand behind it looks very cool so i'm not i'm not shitting on it i just like how, how would it yeah. work how would how would you propose to actually use that uh but then add in the fact that uh they can do like the the people who are adept at, at hacking this system because it's something that is very limited access to anyone like but your own and I think you're not even supposed to really be able to edit your own, uh, and most of the time, I, I think only detect only the cops have access to do yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's the implication. The the idea that most of the time, if people do figure out how they do a bad job of it, so it's pretty obvious. Uh, but she has become really adept at doing it within, again, without any clear. Uh, video editing software or like rendering hardware or anything like that. Just on the fly, it's it's very impressive. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. I, I mean, I still love it. Um, but yeah, so, so at this point, you know, they, they've got the general idea. They're like, okay, this is probably the person. Um, and he sees that there's a few weird things. Like, uh, he is, uh, at one point she's like, okay, like, and now I'm going to leave. She picks up his cat, uh, the cash and he's, she's like, turn around. He turns around and uh, by the time he turns back around, she had already been gone. She was basically, she hacked into him mm -hmm. to show him basically footage of her, like saying, like a lot of it does happen very on the fly so quickly that it's like, well, that's not, yeah. that's not feasibly possible, but it's really fucking cool. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and so she's basically gone. So, so they're like, okay, this is the person he goes back to, uh, um, to the police department, they've hired another outside person, this, uh, this contractor, another contractor, young guy, a young kid, and he's there and he's also there kind of like going in and now they figured out who, who she is. And so basically the setup is while she was at the apartment, uh, the, the other independent contractor guy, Larry, I think his name was or something. Lester. Lester is in the room next door, basically hacking into her, mm -hmm. trying to get into her system. So he gets halfway, and that's how they're able to then 
uh, be able to somewhat hack her and see through her eyes. Now, uh, before we get into all of that, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Um, I do want to mention this past week was a really big week uh, for Night Shift Radio. We had two premieres oh, yeah. this past week uh, just a couple of days ago. So for those of you listening, for those of you watching on Twitch, they will be happening this week. For those of you listening when this episode airs, they just happened. So uh, our brand new show where No Mom Has Gone Before has launched episode one talking about Star Trek, the motion picture. So that one, that episode is now out. You guys can listen. Please make sure to go subscribe again wherever you listen to podcasts. And then the season five premiere of the Superpod HeroCast happened just this past Friday as well, uh, where they talked about the movie Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. uh, the the Gal Gadot one. Is it Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot? I've always heard it as Gadot. Okay, then I'm going to go with Gadot. But uh, yeah, because yeah. I know it's Israeli. I think she's she's from yeah. Israel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm not sure. Uh, but we'll go with Gadot. Uh, we'll go with Gadot. Um, <laughs> if she were a politician and she didn't use that, I would be so disappointed. She'd be wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't vote for her if if she didn't use that phrase. No, I'm just kidding. I'd vote for her. Um, anyway, so uh, uh, yeah, so make make sure to check those out. And while you're hanging around the podcast universe, don't forget to leave a uh, rating and review uh, in your podcast player of choice and hit subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to for this show. Yeah. Uh, we would super appreciate it. The rating and review thing is super duper easy to do. It's free. It is just very helpful for us. It helps us grow, get cool guests on, you know, do, do this more and uh, be able to put out more content for you guys. Um, and uh, if you were, if your podcast platform doesn't allow it, there are several other places you could do it. Uh, as an example, uh, Podchaser is like the IMDb of podcasts. You could uh, put a review there, and also Good Pods. Good Pods is kind of like Good Reads yeah. of podcasts. Uh, you could also leave a rating review there. That's also super helpful. Um, you know, and then of course, uh, share with 100,000 of your closest friends mm, is the only uh, way is the next is the next best way. Yeah. Just create a Facebook messenger group, but just add a hundred thousand complete strangers and send that, uh, off to them. Yes. Uh, don't do that. Cause I don't want to be responsible for us <laughs> pissing off a hundred thousand. But I mean, if, even if only 10% like followed through and were like, Oh yeah, I'll click that link. I'd be down. Uh, that's still a that's, lot of people. This is 10,000 people, man. Yeah. That's, that's a good amount of people. So many people. There's so many peoples. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. Woo! Looking for something heroic in your life? Go check out our friends at the Superpod HeroCast. They're guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Every episode goes in depth with a different superhero movie. A classic of modern cinema? A certified stinker? It doesn't matter. If it's a superhero movie, they're going to talk about it. Start with a little bit of comedy, add in some film analysis, and finish it off with a heaping dose of geekery. You've got the Superpod Hero Cast. It doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or a 20th level nerd. Download their latest episode, grab a beverage, and enjoy the fun. The Superpod Hero Cast. Be heroic. Hello, I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Colin Ryan. And we're here to tell you about the new podcast coming to the Night Shift Radio Network. It's something two white cishet dudes have never covered. Star Trek. But here's the twist. The omnipotent god is actually a malfunctioning robot? No, well, maybe. But the real twist is we roped our mom into it. That's me. Hi, Hi mom. mom. 
In the monthly podcast, we will cover all the Trek movies from the motion picture to beyond. Our lifelong love of Trek comes from being introduced to it by our mom at a very young age. But that's a story for the podcast. Look at you, Mom. You're a natural. That's why I'm the Admiral. So join us September 8th for our monthly podcast, Where No Mom Has Gone Before. Available on the Night Shift Radio Network, wherever in subspace you catch your podcasts. Now, which one is the one with the whales? Four. Hello and welcome back. So thanks for coming back, guys. Uh, so we, uh, this month, we have no theme for this month. No, it's true. Not really. I mean, maybe there is a th- like an underlying theme. Or is I mean, there? so far we're, we're two for two on Netflix, but our next two films I don't think are on Netflix. No, they're actually so, on Hulu. Oh, so we're Netflix and Hulu. Yeah. So this the theme month is uh, pay per view. Or is it? <laughs> or is no. it? <laughs> uh, no. So it's worth mentioning that prior to the uh the the scheduled meetup where he uh sal poses as Saul, big big change there uh and gets the uh the anonymous also a shang chi reference for anyone who's already seen the movie <laughs> uh gets the uh the 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 anonymous girl to come and help him uh, erase part of his life uh he actually uh, encounters her and has a bit of a, a chase set with her uh, after the death of the the lesbian couple that you mentioned. Uh, oh, right. They, they realize yeah. like, oh, there's there's another person in this house. Uh, they had previously alluded to the fact that like uh, the killer was so good that their their record couldn't even be traced to the physical location. Uh, so it, you know when. Uh, the uh, victims were killed. They seemed to be alone at the time based on all of the, the surveillance records and whatnot. Uh, and so he, he puts the pieces together that there is someone else in the house and he chases them after, uh, you know, after the, 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 uh, the murders, ends up chasing her like into the subway. And uh, as he's running uh, through the hallway, like she shoots back at him and we see like a glitch in his, in his vision and then, like, he seems disoriented, and he gets to the stairs, and they seem to, like, stretch and contract, and, like, it throws him off, so he falls halfway down, runs over to the, the train that's sitting there, and the doors are open, and he's looking around in it, uh, and then suddenly there's no train there, and there's a train oncoming, and he thinks it hits him, and he, like, he falls down on the, the platform, only to realize that there was no train at all. Like, she had actually hacked into and placed another image over his, uh, as we saw, we see later on, uh, she has the ability to do that. So in real time, you know, uh, like if you, if you were to look back at his actual record, you would see that he was you know, running around in an empty platform and people were staring at him and nothing hit him. He just fell over, but he saw all this stuff in real time. Fucking wild. Really fucking, I mean, the fact that it happens in real time is wild because I mean, there's so many like, like I think if if somebody sent me that the footage of him running around, and then they were like, oh, you know, composite and all that other stuff, that would take me a week mm-hmm. just to do today, and she's doing it while running away from him, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like being shot at. Like I, it like it's also important to note that uh, during this chase, she would have had to have seen at least a little glimpse of him uh, enough that when she meets him up close and in person. Uh, during what is clearly a setup operation, uh, she should have recognized him. Yeah, uh, I mean, right. Um, 
It, yeah, it's wild. Uh, so no one will recognize so, this grizzled, handsome British man. I know, right? Who just completely stands out. So at this point, uh, you know, Saul, uh, they've gotten to the point where you know he he did the thing, and he's like, okay. Now he's basically just waiting for her to attempt to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. That like this is the point he was like, oh, okay, well now she's about to kill me. And we're just waiting for that. And that's that's not what happens. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, well, that's weird. Let's let's keep an eye on her. So so it's basically a bunch of cops and the the kid, you know, or the, I say kid, he's like probably early 20s, um, you know, in his crew all sitting around basically watching, you know, uh, basically a stakeout in a way, but watching her through her eyes. So we see her walk around her apartment. You know, they make note that everything she has is very analog. Like she has a record player, you know, she, she doesn't, uh, like there's just, there's nothing else there. Like it's just, you know, it's a very, you know, someone says like, wow, she's, you know, she has really great stuff and it's very analog. Mm -hmm. And so she, you know, we see her walking around and there's, there's a very auspicious scene where she stops in front of a giant mirror takes off uh, her robe. She's completely naked. She looks at herself, you know, kind of in the mirror, like very saucily. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, she she wanders back and everyone's kind of like, ooh, that was cool. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that's how the thing uh, commences and everyone's like, okay, well, you know, we're, we're trying to get at her. And basically she... Un, she like breaks the connection essentially mm-hmm. and they're like ah shit like she caught on and they're like all right well here's what we're gonna do we're gonna re-enlist Saul uh instead of Sale and Saul is gonna go and try to basically do it again but this time he's gonna try something a little more illegal so he ends up going and buying some coke uh and is like you know calls her up to be like hi come you know, come erase the fact that I bought some Coke and she gets there, you know, she gets to his apartment again. She's looking down and she's like, you didn't even, you didn't even use it. And he's like, oh, I was waiting for a good occasion. And she's like, bust that shit out, motherfucker. Let's party. Let's do some lines, bro. I'll fuck you. I'll fuck your memory up. Um, she doesn't say it like that. I do. But, uh, I do love the line where like at, the line after they do lines, uh, where she looks at him and she's like, is there anything else we can do that I can erase? it's just great and then uh they totally bone Mm -hmm. and uh it's uh, oh yeah so content warning a little bit of swearing a lot of sex and nudity for this uh film um we see a lot of boobs a lot of instances of sex um and uh but that's about it and a lot of it's uh um point of view it's very fr- from the point of view of the person so you get a lot of close-ups of boobs and ah, stuff like that you might say uh, pov oh yeah that's a <laughs> yeah i'm familiar with that category i mean i'm not familiar with that category at all i have no idea what you're talking about caleb <laughs> this is a family show <laughs> it most certainly is not <laughs> it's most certainly not so <laughs> Oh boy. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so he's like, okay, we did it. You know, like this is great. I, cause that was the other thing they noticed is that she had slept with potentially slept with all the victims. Mm-hmm. That was, I'm not entirely sure how they made that connection, uh, but they kind of like imply it. Yeah. I think they imply it through interviews with everyone. Like I think the maid that they interview was like, Oh yeah, she was, you know, they were sleeping with this girl or something like that too. Yeah. And there's the, um, like I guess a, a number of uh, like kind of a couple degrees removed sort of eyewitnesses who placed this woman at the scene in different times, and then how like you know in multiple instances prior to 
the the actual killer or killing, I should say. Uh, the the victims' memories have been altered and stretched and looped and stuff like that. So it's covering up for multiple specific instances. So they kind of draw this conclusion that she's gotten intimate with with them, and that's that's the pattern of like who actually ends up being killed. Uh, but I don't. I think the connection was somewhat tenuous at best. Um, yeah, but it does turn out to be true. It does turn out to be true. Yeah. Um, so at this point, you know, uh, uh, Detective Sal is now uh, slept with her, and you know, uh, you know, they meet up a couple of times, and sh- and he or during this time he talks to her, and he kind of starts asking the question of like, you know, why don't you exist? And she goes through a whole thing of like you know, look, like, I just don't like a world where I have zero privacy, you know? And she, uh, there's a line, it's actually at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. uh, that she says this line, but um, it's a great line. She says, you invade my privacy and it's nothing. I try to get it back and it's a crime. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really great. And, you know, again, I said this line earlier, but that it's not that I have something to hide. I have nothing I want you to see. She actually says that in that same sort of... Um, uh, conversation. Well, and we know that uh, from you know some some conversations are like when he's speaking to the commissioner of the the bureau that he works for, and he's like, "Oh, taking a life that's not important, but her not having one that is." And the guy's like, "Yeah, now you get it." And he at one point kind of parrots the the company line, so to speak, back to her about you know we you know, we can't protect what we can't control and all this stuff like that, and basically like, oh, it's you know it's for your own good sort of thing, but. You can yep. tell as he's saying it, he doesn't believe it, but oh, he's, he, he's saying it and he's kind of rejecting it as the words come out of his mouth. Um, but I also have on the, the title card, the, the quote from uh, uh, Paracelsus, uh, from Robert Browning, uh, I mm-hmm. give the fight up, let there be an end, a privacy, an obscure nook for me. I want to be forgotten even by God. Yeah, that's, that, that's uh, so that is the opening line. Yeah, the title <laughs> card, the opening line of the movie. It is just... Yeah, that last part. I want to be forgotten, even, even by, by God. God. It's, the, it's just <laughs> that line jumped phenomenal. right out at me. I was like, "This is very good." Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So like the so the the one you're talking about is like, I don't care the victims. No, this is the commissioner. Yep. I don't care the victims no longer exist. I care that she doesn't. In in my mind, she's murdered herself. But yeah, it's that and, like there's such a like an emphasis on being able to. Uh, control the world by like eliminating people's ability to hide the things that they've done, uh, and so you know you're giving up your privacy for you know, for the good of everybody. And then he you know goes deeper into like, uh, oh, he, this is where the, the commissioner says it. We rely on transparency. We can't control. We can't see. We require persistent identity. And that's what uh, Saul is hinting back at later on when he says, you know, we. Uh, we can't control, you know, we, if we can't see you sort of thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, also, again, the commissioner's the one that really, like, doubles down on this whole idea of, like, you know, if we can't tackle this, how can we tackle subcrime? And <laughs> yeah. sort of thing. Like, I don't know what that means. Like, his bonus is, uh, is hinging on how much subcrime they stop. Yeah, I don't know. You were supposed to do 20 subcrimes this month. You only did 19. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I don't think we can give you that boost. We this precinct <laughs> subcrime quarters are way down this quarter. <laughs> those are rookie, those are rookie subcrime numbers. You gotta <laughs> pump those up. That's what it's all about. Oh. Uh, 
subcrime. Uh, but anyway, so so we've got Lester in the other room. We've got the the kid, the the tech whiz kid back at the station. They're all kind of hacking into everything. And uh, so he once again tries to call uh, her back. Um, he he gets her back. And at this moment, after she's about to leave, and I think this is just after they've had sex, um, you know, she's like, turn around. She's like, you're not going to see me leave. And as he turns around, we hear a gunshot. He turns back around. She's gone. He runs out the door. We see that Lester, who is hiding in the apartment next door, his door is open. He has been shot in the face. Mm. Now, Lester is dead. Lester is like his independent contractor partner guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the fuck? So this is, he goes running downstairs trying to find her. He can't find her. Um, and uh, basically, you know, the the precinct just blows up at this point, like uh, 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 theoretically speaking. Figuratively. Like, uh, yeah, figuratively speaking. And they're just like, ah, what the fuck? All right, so you are on house arrest now. So they, 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 they basically, you know, take him off the case and they're like, no, no, no. Like, we're going to get into this. Like, shit, you know, now she's murdered, you know, basically a cop. Uh, so like the, you know, this is it, we're, we're done. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. So he eventually, uh, uh, as he's, uh, doing this, uh, this all happens. He gets back to his apartment. She contacts him again mm-hmm. and was like, oh yeah, she's scanning back through the footage of his life. Like, is she, oh, she says a very specific thing. She says, uh, and this is what tips him off to be like, oh no, I trust her that she's not the killer, that she's, she's good because she says, I'll only show uh, I'll only look at what you want me to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, got it because privacy is her thing. Like she's not going to dig into other people's shit. Like that's kind of her, that's her, her theology. Like that's her, you know, her whole thing is like mm-hmm. privacy for everybody, not just me, you know, like that's her, her, her like political belief, I guess. And he's kind of like, no, I, I believe her. Um, but at this point, now that she she's like, okay, who is this dude? Because, you know, obviously he's coming after me and stuff. So she starts looking back through his history and starts pinpointing all of the plants of, of undercover cops they put around. And she's like, ah, he's a fucking cop. Mm-hmm. And so she she messaged him. He's like, Saul, and she even makes fun of the name thing. Like, Saul, Sal, like, you're a fucking cop. I got you. And so she starts fucking with him and making him see things that aren't there. Mm -hmm. But then even more so, one of the other things we learn is that Cell had a kid Mm -hmm. who died. Um, He was was standing with his kid. You know, he looks away for a minute and the kid runs, you know, out in the street and gets hit by a car and dies. Uh, And so she actually goes through and erases all the memories of that kid and she does it even from his wife his Mm ex-wife she goes into her memories and erases him and he's like what the fuck and he's talking but then she's like don't fuck with me like what are you doing well and when she first uh interacts with him like the the very first time she says you know if you cross me uh you'll wish you were dead uh or something like that uh yeah she she never threatens to kill him she says i'll make you wish you were dead and like when she goes and, and does this and starts manipulating with him, like removing his, you know, all of the good memories of his son and making him relive, relive the moment of his son's death from multiple angles. Uh, you know, that's just really cruel. And then, you know, she just keeps fucking with his perception of reality everywhere he goes. I mean, he gets behind the wheel of a car and, you know, the heads up display is giving him the all clear alert and he turns directly into uh, heavy traffic and almost dies. And like, uh, I mean, he continues to drive, mind you. At no point does he think like that's not a good idea. In fact, I hey, think maybe I should stop. <laughs> I think his his chief or whatever is like uh, maybe uh, maybe don't be driving. But he uh, yeah. he continues to do things like that. Although at one point uh, 
one of his fellow officers does drive him back to his apartment. But yeah, it's like, that's one of those things like, yeah, maybe now is not the, the time to, to play the action hero who's got to have a driving sequence. Yeah, and and so another big moment about that too is that he uh, he sees that he is makes it seem like there's a fire. He steps out in, into his hallway of his apartment. It looks like there's a fire. He pulls out his gun. He fires down the hallway one way, down the hallway another way, and then is standing there. And then like the thing goes away, and he's like, "Hello." And then his neighbor steps out, like, "Hey, hey, it's me, man. Like, what are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And he has his gun at him because he can't see mm-hmm. at this point. And he's like, uh, and so eventually he just puts his gun away. You know, he heads back down like the cops come in. And then later we find out that somebody shot him, shot that neighbor, Mm -hmm. and they're pinning it on the cop. Uh, But the cop is like, no, like, look, I have this type of gun. Like, yes, I fired my gun, but I did not fire at him. Like, look, that's not the bullet hole of the type of gun that I have. Like, what are you doing? And they're like, you're completely off this. Like, you're you're suspended until further notice. The typical cop thing. Like, I want your badge and gun on my desk. You're (laughs) off the case. You know, it was very, it was very that. Oh, that was very good. Yeah, it was, it was good. I'm, I'm practicing my uh, uh, Italian uh, police chief. Uh, thing. Yeah, say, yeah. I want to see you as a grizzled old chief. <laughs> I, uh, okay, so I'm going to uh, rant really quick. So I had a dream that I was writing for SNL okay. uh, last night, and this is, this is somewhat related. This is kind of funny. And in my dream, I was pitching a skit called The Mosquitoes, <laughs> and it was basically mosquitoes, but they were all like super Italian guys, no. but they were like landing on someone's arm, no. and I was like, I was like, yeah, like this is definitely a skit that they would they would do. Hey. Um, and then I I remember thinking about it today. Uh, there was like you know there's a lot of mosquitoes in the area that like you know I live like, like a little bit swampy area, and I, there was a lot of mosquitoes, and I was like. Hey, I'm just biting this guy here. What's going on? I was like, yeah, you that's could, a dumb skit, but I, I probably would have, it would have landed. Lauren Michaels would have gone for it. You could have uh, made a joke about uh, someone having uh, the, the blood type. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just writes, it writes itself. itself. It just writes itself. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, what up, Twitch listeners? <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, so at this point, all hell's broken loose. You know, Detective Saul is just in a complete mess. Like his life, you know, his son's memories are erased. He doesn't trust his own eyes. He has a cop detail on him because they do know that the killer is still coming after him, Mm -hmm. but also they don't trust him. And so he gets really sneaky. And so what he does is he goes into his room and he stands up and he's just kind of staring straight forward. Meanwhile, he's reaching in his dresser and he puts a gun in his holster while just staring forward. And then he lays down in his bed and pretends to go to sleep. And then he gets up with his eyes closed. That was fucking heads, clever. Yeah, and he's like walking down with his eyes closed and he gets down to where like the car is and he opens his eyes just as he's standing next to the person and punches him in the face and steals the car and and uh, and heads off. And so now at one point when all of the, the cops and the tech kid are watching the footage of uh, Amanda Seyfried, uh, everyone is like, you know, uh, she points this out later is while everyone is looking at her basically be naked, wander mm-hmm. around her house. And, you know, she, she looks through some other footage. He notices the reflection of the cityscape behind her. Mm-hmm. And so he figures out where her apartment is. Yeah. Because so they, he, they're all looking yeah. at the windows whenever she looks there, like trying to see if there's anything identifiable outside of it. Uh, and he's the only one who picks up on the one time that there is something identifiable, uh, 
Yeah, they were all looking at her boobs yeah. and he was looking at the window behind her and she even says like they were too busy staring at me and he's like, "Well, you're quite the distraction." <laughs> uh which is a great again, it's another one of those great noir lines. Yep. Uh and uh yeah, it was really funny. So, so he gets into the apartment and you know, at this point like she's hiding like behind her little faux walls and stuff like that. And he's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. Like, I know this is you. And she's like, no, like, I'm not the killer. She's like, but somebody is trying to make it seem like I am. Mm -hmm. um, and she eventually, you know, ends up like escaping and he, you know, tries to run after her. And at this point, uh, you know, we get towards the end of the movie where he he runs in and he sees, you know, his, his eyes start being messed up where he can't see anything. And uh, he's, uh, she's starting to see out of the killer's eyes. And this is, I feel like the ending of this movie is a little weird and rushed, but not so much rushed as much as like when it flips over, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, like, sure. So what it turns out is the tech whiz kid that was hired in, he actually has been admiring her as a cipher. Cyrus Freer, uh, who is played by uh, Mark O'Brien. Uh, who was uh, in, uh, in in Ready or Not, who you, I know you love. Uh, also, Bad Times at the yeah. El Royale. Great movie. Mm. Great, great movie. Mm. Fun, fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so basically we get the, you know, it's kind of the tried and true. If uh, I don't want, like, he just admires her work so much. He admires everything that she does. Mm -hmm. He actually uh, played a small role in, in anonymous, anonymously supplying her with some proxies, mm -hmm. basically the final proxy to make it so that she couldn't be found. Um, uh, but basically he had an obsession with her, but not a sexual one in any way. It was just like a professional obsession. Uh, with her her ideals and what she did, um, so much so that every time she would go and sleep with someone, he would get jealous and basically be like, "No, if uh, you know, like I don't want you, but no one else can have you." Is is what the line they use, um, and it's this really cool moment where you know uh, Clive Owen can't see what's happening, so he kind of like guesses based on what he can see, and he ends up shooting, and he, he ends up killing the guy, and you know they live happily ever after. And that's where we get the moment in the end where she basically makes her statement, um, you know, where, where he, she says, uh, let me pull up the exact line. I am to be stopped going around. Mm. Uh, so the two things she says, you invade my privacy. It's nothing. I try to get it back. It's a crime. It's not that I have something to hide. I have nothing I want you to see. It's when he keeps asking her, like, why are you doing this? Like, what, you know, why are you trying to be anonymous? Like, how did you do this? And she's like, oh, when I was 18, you know, I, I destroyed all of the a DFE, defeat fuck, or delete fucking everything. Mm -hmm. And she goes through the whole process of like, I, I destroyed all my physical records. And then, you know, backtrace. And she explains the algorithm is basically anytime somebody sees her, what happens is uh, the algorithm picks up her facial recognition and then splits up one second or a nanosecond of her uh, life mm -hmm. and basically spreads it into the memory of every single person in the ether so that you could go through and like collect it all together, but it would take, you know, years in order for you to, to basically find the nanosecond of every bit of footage of her that's ever existed across all of time mm -hmm. uh, and the earth that this is, you know, that she's there to basically put it back and go through her record. She was like, it's not that I'm not there. It's just really hard to find me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and yeah, and that's, that's uh, how our movie ends. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a, not a, not a real ending, 
Like there's no real big result. Like they don't get together in the end. There's no real like resolute. It just sort of ends. Yeah. But it works. It's not resolved. It just ends. Yeah, it just ends. And so she, he's going to go off and still be a cop. She's going to go off and still be a cipher, a hacker. We even see the the subtle implication that he might not be a cop anymore because he's so disgusted with their... Uh, their in, uh, in, this is true. Uh, rampant uh, privacy violations and their lack of regard for, for human life. Yeah, because at one point we even have the chief who basically is like, I don't care about these dead people. Like, I only care about this person who's you know, going against the societal order. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he's like, I don't, you know, because he even says, like, you know, yeah, the 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 dead people, and he was, like, victims. Yeah. He's like, I don't fucking care. Like, he was very, like, I don't give a shit about them. Yep. Uh, the commissioner was not, not yeah. our Saul. Um, but, yeah, so should you watch this movie? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really, really interesting sci-fi take. You know, as Caleb and I mentioned, the technology aspect of this movie is is just a really great topic. I think it's a really cool thing to think about. Um, and I think there's obviously the overarching theme of privacy and what does privacy mean? Now, you know, this is the, the extreme uh, version of it where there is zero privacy. But in mm-hmm. the same sense, you know, I, we, see, we see it all the time where people will take a video of someone going on a racist rant and, you know, within three hours, they'll know who they are, their address, where they work, where they went to school. Like, all of that information is available um, because people put it on the Internet. But that information is available. Like, mm-hmm. it's there. It just requires you to do a little more work than just looking at someone, which is basically what this this technology says that it's at at this point, where you just look at someone and you know everything. Yeah. Um, which I think is wild. Yeah, most like techno thriller style movies to me, the the actual technology that they try to base their story around is so bogus and so like hard to believe that they really have to rely on a big like traditional quote unquote uh, action story in order to distract from like all, all they're doing is saying like gibberish and like have really cool graphics. This one is, right. is believable enough, especially given the current trends in technology that it didn't take me out of it. And it let them keep the story uh, simple. And as you said, very much of that, like kind of stylized traditional, like noir ish. It wasn't full on like hazy black and white, but you right. still get those kinds of vibes and, you know, a pretty straightforward detective story uh, with you know, a, a, an interesting you know, morality twist uh, it allowed me to, to like really appreciate that and for them to, to keep it much more simple and not have to be, you know, big explosions and like, ah, I'm in sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah. Like, 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 and, you know, yeah. There, there's a little bit of that, but given that it's all done like kind of instantly in their minds, it's, uh, it's less, uh, bullshit hackery and more just advanced. I don't know. It, I, I agree. I, I think this was a, a very fun watch, uh, and uh, kind of surprisingly so. I, I usually go into movies like this thinking like, uh, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, raised some interesting points. And I think uh, the other thing, too, is that uh, that I liked is that the the political message is very subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't this revolution moment where, you know, everybody bands together and, you know, can you hear the people say? Like, it's none <laughs> of that. Um, it is very much just like this one person being like, hey, I don't think you should be able to look at me and know everything about me. So I did something about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not starting a revolution. I'm not handing out pamphlets. I just don't want you looking at me, period. Yeah. 
That's that's the message. Now that's and a copy, change like, the world. I just Right. She just is like, I just don't want to exist, uh, you know, and I don't want you to know I exist. And I thought that was really interesting. I like that it wasn't heavy handed. Yeah. In fact, uh, along those lines, he says at one point, like, why not just pick an alias? Because that would be a lot easier for someone of her skills. And she's like, I don't want to exist as someone else. I just don't want to exist. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting message as well. Like, you know, why go through the trouble of you know, being, still being part of the system, but fake, I like, I just don't want to be a part of the system, mm -hmm. period. I'm not part of your system. Yeah. I threw I'm it on the ground. Great skit. Look that up. Uh, all right. So uh, again, the movie was called Anon. It is a Netflix original film. It is available uh, streaming on Netflix now. Uh, so if you are the type of person that uh, watches movie, well, I mean, this is the episode. You, you've you either watched it or you haven't. Uh, you heard what we said. So go go listen to it, I guess, or go watch it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, so we will see you uh, this coming week. We're going to have another preview episode this Thursday. We're going to carry on with this uh, month of, of non-theme. Or is and there? And then next month, or is there? But then next month is, uh, is the theme is Caleb turns 40. <laughs> lordy, lordy, look who's 40. It's Caleb <laughs> turning 40 years old in October. And then I follow him in November. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so the theme is, is that. But the other big thing that's happening in October is we will hit 200 episodes on Halloween. Yeah. That's, that's... going to be a big one. So the 200th uh, Jamboree. Yes. Yeah, and we'll figure out what we'll do for that. Uh, but again, so thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We super appreciate it. Don't forget to share this with one hundred thousand of your closest friends, mm -hmm. uh, and we will uh, we will see you next time. father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition, and we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information. Mm -hmm.